If you're studying for the CISSP, CCSP, or CISM certification, you'll probably get a lot of benefit from the WANA Practice app at wanapractice.com. Hundreds of practice questions unavailable anywhere else, all in a simple interactive format, which you can access through any device with a browser. Check out the show notes for a discount code for half off the regular price. Wanna practice? Success and certification is in your hands. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec, where we discuss all things information, all things security, and all things information security. I'm Ben Maliso. And I'm Matt Snotty. And I'm Raphael Fiedler. And gentlemen, we have a lot of important stuff to talk about this week. Well, let me amend that. We have a lot of stuff to talk about this week. <laughs> I don't know if any of it's actually important. Uh, oh, and Joey's joining us. There's Joey. Hey, Joey. Glad to have you. You missed the intro, but that's okay. And he's muted. So and we can't. He's muted, but that's okay. <laughs> All right. Um, we're going to be doing another current events episode, and I'm going to just throw this out as a round robin. I think uh, we all have some some pretty good input on on different events that are quasi current, and uh, I'd like to give everybody an opportunity to share some of the more wacky or uh I, I i guess dramatic ones as you see fit i'm gonna let matt start matt i think you had a really good list uh why don't you just pick one that you <laughs> want to lead with and uh we'll take that apart well uh okay the first one i wanted to mention was um am i allowed to call the air force academy my alma mater if i if i didn't graduate from there can i say it's my alma mater because if i i'm not quite sure what matriculate means um <laughs> okay well the, the I, school I, you I, and i both attended at one point let me put it yeah yeah exactly let me put it this way i don't mind if you do um so <laughs> i've had people tell me that even if you didn't graduate it's still your alma mater but anyways because uh, i was going to say even if you didn't mater. graduate it's still the source of your ptsd yeah no kidding about that anyway uh, our, our esteemed president, uh, Joe Biden, uh, was at the Air Force Academy for their graduation class of 2023, and he was maliciously attacked on stage by a sandbag that tripped him and caused him to fall. And secret security jumped into action very quickly. He pointed out the offending sandbag, and it was promptly removed and sent to Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I don't know what this has to do with information security or nothing, security. <laughs> nothing but, other than, <laughs> but, but it is worth pointing out that it does somehow, uh, it does have an oblique tie to uh, that institution we attended. Um, yeah. I just want to state for the record, it was not our fault. 30 years ago, Matt and I did not place the sandbag in preparation <laughs> for attacking Jojo bye-bye. That was not a thing. That was not a thing. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, no, I, I saw that too. And, and I was, I was duly impressed. I, I gotta say, you know, regardless of, of whatever other opinions I have of president Biden, he got right back up yeah, and yeah. I'll tell you, if I was to take a tumble, uh, of any distance of, of any height, I know I would be very slow in getting back to my feet and he's, what, <laughs> he's, he's, what, he's pushing he's, 80. He's 80,000 years old or something like that. And yeah. and that spry SOB just bounced right back up. So props yep. to him for that. I I, yep. I I admire that. Yep. Yeah, the, the main security related thing I thought was interesting was, uh, I didn't see anybody comment on this, but I've known for a while that when presidents and, and VIPs uh, speak at events like this, that there are, there are multiple security measures in place. And I had known that, um, up to and including uh, body armor that the presidents actually, or the or the VIPs wear. And uh, during the course of the fall, no one pointed it out, but you could make out that he was wearing uh, very thin body armor underneath his his suit. Not that I think that that's a national security concern or anything like that, but uh, it, it, I, I thought it was interesting to see that in addition it is, to- It's fascinating. I have heard that they actually weave some of those, you know, they look like normal business suits. Some of those are actually woven out of some very high-tech fiber yeah, yeah. That, that is uh, pierce resistant. So yeah, yeah. Uh, impressive. So, 
Uh, and he literally got sandbagged. I, there's some irony there. All right. Thank so, you for that. Rafti, you got a current event you want to throw out? Uh, I mean, uh, the Apple Worldwide Developer Conference was this Monday. A um, lot of stuff got announced. A um, lot of uh, interesting things. Um, I guess the M2 is not new, but the M2, M2 Ultra and Max were new. So um, two new chips okay, by Apple. For, for non-Apple people, for, for lemon people, what the fuck did you just say? And, and what does that all mean? I, I have okay. no idea what it's... you're babbling about. Okay, you know that Apple has been doing like designing CPUs for quite some time now and GPUs. No, as well. I didn't know that, but I'll take your word for it. Okay. Okay, okay, you didn't know. They did that for the iPhone for like years at that point. But I think like three years ago, they started with their own processors and moving away from Intel for their um, laptops as well. And this was the M1, like the Mac one. And okay. now they released, and they always have this thing where they have, like, where they grow the chip. It's like a small one in the Air, and it's a bigger one in the MacBook Pros, and then there's a big one, which was in the Mac Studio. And this was the Max, and it was a very big CPU. And if you like information stuff, like, it's hard to do those big ones, like, in a, in a way where the silicon wafers actually, like, have no, um, like, where the chip works properly on that size. And then they have the the ultra where they combine two of those together uh, with a very cool, like link. Um, like if for those people who are gamers, like it's almost like with the GPUs with the uh, NV link where you connect two GPUs with each other, uh, but faster, of course. And so they just released a couple of new chips. Um, and they're arm based. So, um, fairly cool in that regard, very low energy use. And if you're looking for a new laptop, which I would consider also fairly secure, the new MacBook Air is, of course, an, an interesting option for that. Um, not the, sure. The thing I heard about <laughs> Apple's announcement was they're yeah. having some new headset that maybe that that that's what I was AR or VR. I was waiting for Rocky to get around to that because that's what everybody's been latching onto is the new VR goggles that they have that are thirty some three thousand some dollars. And, and the only thing I've seen are? about them is they called it revolutionary that you can see multiple timers at once. But that's not that's iOS. That's iOS. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. That's All not right, the that's headset. Right. No, this was um, Craig Federica. I think it gave a little wink into the into the camera when he's like, and now with the new iPad OS, you can set multiple timers. And it's like, uh, and, and he actually said it's revolutionary because on the watch, you could do that for quite some time on the home pod, you could do it. But for some reason on the iPhone and on the iPad, you could not. And so this is partly like, I see having... it's an inside Apple joke. Okay. Exactly. It's exactly. a worm joke. Exactly. With the headset, of course, I, I think uh, from a from a security perspective, um, I think it's an upgrade, you know, um, their pass through apparently is much better. You can use your phone while you have a screen on your face. I don't know if that's something that you want. But of course, like with the old um, like or current uh, VR headsets, um, if you put something like that on and somebody moves like gets into your room, you better wear such a like um armored suit or something because you don't know if somebody sneaks up on you and maybe like puts a sandbag yeah, somewhere sandbag. or something who know yeah you know <laughs> you never know <laughs> yeah in other words when you're in the virtual world you can't see anything in the real physical world but but you're saying and i didn't realize this you can see your phone if you hold up your phone in front of the goggles, it'll, it'll if somebody walks in, it immediately like outlines oh, the okay. person and you see him oh, or her okay. yeah but in. it's not it's you're not really seeing the person. It actually creates a 3D rendering of what the person's eyes look like, and it displays that. So it's not a transparency. So you're seeing the outside in space. Yeah, yeah that's, that? that's on the outside. But if when you when somebody walks in on you wearing the headset, the cameras on the headset pick you up and then display that person. Correct. Correct. So yeah. It doesn't... From a security perspective, it's an upgrade. You know. You yeah. can be asocial as you like, and if somebody walks in, you see them. <laughs> it's... That's really going to interrupt a lot of masturbation sessions. Um, I, I, I'm really, I'm, I'm not sure why the world needs a three thousand dollar AR VR headset, but okay, that'll be that'll be interesting to see where that goes. 
Um, 3.5, Jimmy, what do you, you know. got? I, I know, I know Rafty took yours, but that's your fault for coming late. <laughs> it was my impression this started at one. I don't know. I, I must have been late. Uh, Starts or... when we start, Joey. <laughs> um, what are we talking? Current events? Yeah. Do yeah. you want to take a pass? We'll come back to you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, check the Discord. You can steal one of the many lists that uh, uh, Matt created. Mine, okay. mine is about uh, Second Amendment and Fourth Amendment and Mother Nature. It's about the right to arm bearers. Mm, yes. <laughs> Very important as, as the Constitution. In Connecticut, that's a state, Rafty. It's a small one. It's in the upper right-hand corner. Um, in Connecticut, there's a couple that has 114-acre estate, which they use not only to live on, but they have a private wildlife preserve. And, okay, I'm going to take issue with that actual term itself, but what they do is they rent out access to the place, so... Um, the public can come in and look at animals, including some indigenous animals to Connecticut, which include bears. Now, and you're not talking about fat gay men, right? You're talking no, about no, actual... no, no, no. We're talking about <laughs> okay. Yogi, Boo Boo. We're okay. talking about, you know, actual like cocaine bear, you know, yes. like Got those. It. Yeah. Black bears, brown bears, grizzly Correct. bears, polar bears. Specifically okay. black bears. And I'm getting there too. Um, the environmental agency in the state of Connecticut, uh, affectionately known as DEEP, the Department of Energy and Environmental Protection, so the DEEP state, was, was concerned that this couple may have been feeding bears in order to attract more bears onto the property so that the public could see the bears more often because you don't want to sell tickets and not have the bears show up. Now, these bears are wild animals, and they are allowed to roam across any open territory. And this is uh, largely true of most states in the U.S. The, the way we treat wildlife is where they go, there they are. But you're not allowed to bait them. You're not allowed to bring them to your property. And that's especially for hunting purposes. In, in order to try to prove their assertion that this couple was feeding bears, the deep agency put a camera around the neck of one of the black bears so that it would wander onto their property and see them feeding it. Mm. Now, the couple is saying that this is, this is an infringement on their Fourth Amendment rights of unreasonable search and seizure, that mm. this is a warrantless surveillance that the bear is carrying out, acting as an agent of the state. Mm. I love this story for so many reasons, but mainly because there's a camera on a fucking bear. I, I think that's just awesome. Um, now, do, does this kind of seem intrusive and, and too much of a surveillance state? I don't know. I want to ask Rafti, our, our prime privacy maven, what do you think about this? Letting letting bears wander around with live streaming back to uh, police headquarters. How do you is feel? It about that? Is it live streaming? I think this makes a difference. If it's recording, I'm I'm more okay with it than if it's live streaming. Oh, okay. Right, would you you tell me the distinction? I don't know, and I don't know if the article specified that, but uh, I'll, I'll let you run with this. Go ahead. No, I, I just feel like if it's live, I have much more often problem and an issue. If something is recorded and if in recording, like then they can actually like, you know, um, I don't know, like, I don't know if they could claim that the bear is like <laughs> wandering around and they don't know where the bear is going. But if they are live streaming it, I, I feel like it's it's much more involved i'd say it just feels oh, more involved. Oh, you're, you're talking about the government agents that yeah. that if if they're not monitoring it in real time then they have they have less culpability for infringing on the rights of the couple is that what you're yeah. trying to say okay yeah. all right i kind of see that i kind of see that that's sort of my thing but I, I would have loved like if their intent is to sort of like want to surveil it 
I don't know. Like it, it's it's so much depending on the intent. If they actually are curious where the bear is going, I'm like that's. I, I think they could do it differently as well. I don't know if they would need a camera for that. Um, and I sort of like, but that's a different. It's not thing. a matter. It's not a matter of where it's going because they can do that with just a tag. Exactly. Uh, this is this is actually intent to capture the couple breaking the law. That's that's mm. the express purpose of putting the camera on the bear. And I feel like there should have been maybe some steps in advance. Like, you know, what? how would how would I love to see it done? Uh, and I would just come with that up, like, on the spot. If they already know where the bears are going, and if they see the bears come to a place on their property multiple times, um, and if they see some remnants of food there, maybe, who knows? Because I think maybe they are allowed to do that. I don't know. And then maybe they should get a warrant to then put a, a camera. But I feel like they're somewhere in between there, uh, knowing that the bears are, I'm more comfortable with than them recording stuff and and live recording. I have a, a particular um, like a, a thing where I'm like I I would like that. Um, but the, even with the re recording, I feel like they should have done something else before that without a warrant. Um, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. I'm kind of with you there, Matt, Joey. You all got any opinion on? I, I know bears are different in your neck of the woods, but uh... <laughs> we we don't have too many. Uh, Tennessee is more more known for for bears than Kentucky is, but uh, I don't have a problem with it. Um, I don't think that I see it as much different than if the 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 government set up a tree stand with a camera on it just outside of the property line and had the camera pointed into the couple's property. You're allowed for to do that, that. You do for that. You do need a warrant. Oh, do you? Okay. The, yeah, the Supreme Court has already ruled on that. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, it, it, for certain areas, like if it's pointed towards their home or the curtilage of their home, a term we've used on this show before, that's the immediate area surrounding the home on the property, like the carport or the front okay. yard. Okay. Um, so, yes, the Supreme Court has said you do need a warrant for that. Now, if it's the open grounds around outside the home area proper, then then you can have the camera or the drone or whatever. Mm, OK, OK. So, yeah, I mean, still, I don't think that I have a problem with it, whether it's live streaming or or, or offline downloaded, I, I, you know, to, to Rafti's distinction. I don't I don't really care either way. I, I, I think it's fine. But then I'm also, you know, a, 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 an environmentalist to, to a large degree uh, and like to see things being taken care of. So <laughs> including bears. <laughs> so, Joey, your your feeling. No, I don't have any comment on the bears, but I do have a topic that I that I just oh, read about. Oh, okay. Let's go back to you. It's your turn now. Go for it, Joe. Take it away. He just cheated. I heard, I heard a, I don't know if it's a rumor, I don't know what the validity is, that there is not going to be a United States Democratic debate for the upcoming elections. And I, I was like, hmm, is that true? And I tried to look into it, and it looks like that's the... Uh, the, the Snopes rumor, so to speak, to uh, to figure out. I'm trying to figure out if that's legitimate or not. But have any of you heard that? Yeah, it is true, and I'm wondering why this is a problem. I'm oh, oh, and and I say this again, not as a lover of the Democratic Party, but when the incumbent is a member of your party, then it makes sense to kind of presume that that person's going to win the primary. It yeah. seems like a lot of wasted effort and money to have a primary or have debates for a primary when you already have the incumbent. So do you think that they'll allow uh, a debate for the presidential campaign then against when it finally comes down to the the, uh, the general, the final the final parties? I, I guess that's up to the party and the candidate. Yeah. I, you know, I, I would say if they didn't, that would be admitting some weakness or at least the appearance of admitting some weakness. But mm -hmm. but I, who am I to know about political strategy that that's, you know. That's yeah. up to them as well. I think it's that's just a it, was, it was interesting. I read that and I thought, huh, that, that's interesting. <laughs> so anyway, I thought it'd be worth a uh, at least a, a shout out today. And, and I think, you know, Matt, I don't know what you've seen. I've seen a lot of conservatives and a lot of GOP operatives trying to make uh, hay about this issue. I see it as a non-issue. I don't I don't see yeah, I it doesn't seem anti-democratic to me. Right, right. Yeah, I tend to agree. I don't. And, and unless there was uh, uh, some, it, it, I, I don't see any circumstance where I, uh, I find this being problematic. So, yeah. But if there are, if there are other Democratic candidates that are going to run, then what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they'll there run. Are. 
Yeah. Yeah. By all means, they can run and they can even be in the primaries if they choose to in the primary states. But for the party to say, we're going to go through all this time and trouble when we already have the candidate, I, hmm. I, I don't I don't I don't see why I don't see why they would. What's the what's the upside for the party? <laughs> to show competency. Oh, brother. <laughs> Joe's got know, a big elect- smug grin on his face right now. <laughs> Elections already cost way too much, and we're already spending yeah. too much money on them for no return, I think. I, I, I'd i rather see that effort put elsewhere, but I don't know. Rafti, in Australia, where you live, um, <laughs> do you have primary elections to select a candidate for a party and then the general election to choose among the parties? Typically, it don't, but I have because like this is very current. This happened this Monday and we had sort of and it's very unusual um, that we changed like because our system is way different. Our president has way less power. Um, we we do have the separation of power, but it's 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 very different in that regard. And we have multiple parties, so we have four bigger ones. Um, but our Social Democrat Party, which has not been in government for like in the for the Republic for I think the last eight or nine years or something like that, um, they recently had something like a primary um, election because their front runner, uh, she has been fairly weak for the last about eight years, basically. Uh, she she kept on losing and losing, even though she's a medical How doctor. How often are your elections? Uh, to see this typically they should be every four years, but okay, so like, she's lost like two in a row is what you're saying. She lost more because we had okay. uh, we had something like a snap elect, uh, uh, election because um, the government got voted out because one of the because the coalition party, whatever. But okay. the, to the interesting thing, which happened this Monday. So our Social Democrat Party, they had an, a primary election, sort of, and it started off, I think, a month ago when uh, one of our states, um, their, his, the governor, got so popular that he said, I'm going to challenge our like party leader for, for the main seat. Um, and so they started the vote. And when they said they are going to vote, over 70 other people said they are going to run as well. So they said, okay, we need some rules for this because we don't typically have primary elections. And so they said, okay, good. There's a minimum bar and whatever. And there were three people left. Uh, One was the mayor of a fairly small town around Vienna. Um, And in the end, the, the current, like the former runner, she got only a third of the votes and the other two were almost evenly split. So the, the meme was, we thought we had a party split. We didn't realize we had a party like split into three. You know, <laughs> um, and so and then afterwards they had a, a race between the two top ones, the the one like which was until now it did not, and they miscounted the votes on Saturday, Ooh. and Ooh. on Monday they realized this, and this was a whole debacle. So this is for a month now, and it and as and you see like everybody, it's just a joke, and everybody's watching them doing this, and everybody is like, what is going on? You used to be the the ruling party. For the majority of the 50s, 60s, and uh, 70s, you know, they have been and the big party. they just turned into clowns now. They turned into clowns. It's so much fun to watch it. Um, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's it really is. It really is. But apparently they miscounted the votes. And the third one, the mayor, actually now <laughs> is the one who is the party leader. And um, But he said, like, immediately after, we're going to recount again, you know? <laughs> you know what? When you're done with him over there, send him over here. I'll vote for him for president. Just just because I think we need an alternative. And 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 I don't mind that it's unconstitutional for him to run. I'd be glad to I'd be glad to vote for him anyway. All right. Thank uh, you, John. That, 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 that brought up some uh conversation. Uh some is. debate, if you will. Uh all right, Matt, give us another one. Should I do the big one that I've been wanting to talk about? Because I've been I, I've been following this for a while. So you, uh, UAPs, UFOs, aliens, all this. Oh, stuff, you know? yeah. Okay. <laughs> so all it's, right. It's okay. I know you're, you're Roll rolling it your out. Eyes. You're rolling your eyes. I know. Go ahead. Go ahead. And I am a skeptic. I want to preface this by saying that, you know, if I'm, if I'm either, if I'm on the X-Files, I'm a scully. I'm you, not know, a you know, somebody starting with that is like somebody starting a <laughs> sentence with, I'm not a racist, but. <laughs> well. 
ahead. So um, the UAP phenomenon, the Tic Tac videos, all this kind of stuff. Uh, what is UAP? I know what a UFO is. What the fuck is UAP? UAP is, uh, is the term that the government came up with so that they no longer They didn't have to say UFO? <laughs> yeah, right. Un- okay. Unidentified aerial phenomena. Ooh. <laughs> So, <laughs> all, right. all right, go for it. Well, um, the, the reason I wanted to bring it up is because more and more uh, videos, conversations, uh, uh, you know, uh, experts have been coming out about this. Have, have you all seen the Tic Tac video that, that was filmed by the United States Navy uh, uh, fighter pilots? Everybody's looking at me with blank stares like they haven't seen it. Is this the one from like six years ago? It I've was, seen it. Yeah, the original occurrence was in the early, like 2004, I think. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Maybe, Shows how much I my time is. But but but, yeah. but the videos were 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 released just a couple of years ago. Yes, and it shows a a, a, a vehicle in the air that's being chased by these F-18s fighter pilots, uh, uh, fighter airplanes, and it's doing uh, crazy maneuvers that are unable to be done by normal aircraft that we're familiar with airships aircraft it doesn't matter how fast your aircraft is it can't do these types of turns can't do these types of altitude changes and stuff like that um anyways the reason i'm bringing it up is because uh there is a new uh whistleblower and i use that term loosely and in quotes um who's claiming now that the united states government has possession of these devices and that they are not of this world is he bob lazar jr I no. think he. I think I listened to one of his podcasts. He was a guest on on a on a show that I listened to. Bob Lazar. No, not Bob Lazar. Uh, <laughs> Is that the person who's the whistleblower? Yeah, uh, uh, I'm not sure who this new whistleblower is, but he was apparently in government, and um, he said basically the reason I'm bringing it up from a security standpoint is. Um, Obviously, having having unknown uh, uh, vehicles in the air around the United States or around any country uh, is a is a threat. It's a security threat if you don't know what it is, and in particular if it's doing exotic maneuvers and um, uh, e- even if it's just a drone, even if it is from another country, it's still a security threat. And so I'm just curious what the panel thinks about this. <laughs> and Ben looks like he just sucked on a lemon. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna let Joey go first. <laughs> Joey's our conspiracy theorist here. That's why I'm going to let him go first. Uh, I am an extreme conspiracist, and I this does not shock me at all. I, I think we've got things like night vision and Kevlar and all of these neat technologies from uh, downed space aircraft, right, that, that, uh, that, that have, have been confiscated over there in Area 54 in the, uh, in the desert. And... Um, Area 50. It's 51. Area 51. <laughs> 54 was the club, right? 54 was the club. Studio 54 was where you went in the 70s to get your coconut. Right, right. No, look, and I say that very cavalier. Um, do I think that 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 they're that, that we have these things, these artifacts? I do. I mean, to think that we are completely alone is um I just I don't see it. I, I don't. And there's too many un um explain phenomena to give them logical explanations, right? Um, so I love listening to Neil deGrasse Tyson right? and, and some of his theories on a lot of this stuff uh, and some of the physicists. But I go in with an open mind always and look at the facts, right? But hey, at the end of the day, I'm a huge sci-fi guy, right? And and so do I want to believe it? Yeah, I do. I think that's really has a lot to, 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 to play. <laughs> Rafti? I don't know. I, I see when you started this, I was a little bit like sad that it's not called an UFO anymore. <laughs> you know, it's it's where's, history, it's a, where's tradition. That's yeah. true. And also like the German version of it is is like it uses the same acronyms. It's so and UPA. UAP. No, A-P. Yeah, this does not like map to German that way. <laughs> So I'm sort of sad on that point. Learning that is very current to me and I don't like very new to me and I don't like that. Um, in regards to if there is life out there, I'm also a sci-fi guy, but I'm like, I just, I don't believe. No, I haven't seen the X-Files, but I feel like that's a, a phrase they kept on saying. Uh, the, the phrase is, I want to believe. 
Exactly, and, but I don't. <laughs> and I'm there. And I'm there. I want to believe too. And I'm as sci-fi as any of y'all nerds. I, 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 and I'll tell you this: with the size of the universe, there is definitely intelligent life somewhere else. However, with the size of the universe, it is so unlikely they would even find us. Um, it, it, it just, it doesn't work that way. Uh, that's my other question about the size of just our planet. Have These, you read um, Carl Sagan's book, uh, Contact? Yeah, the dragons and all that crap. <laughs> yes, I did. I, yeah, I did. And you know what? He, he, him and his buddy pulled some numbers out of thin fucking air. And, and, and they just made up their equation as they went along with absolutely no basis for their assumptions whatsoever. And, and don't get me wrong. I love Sagan. I love Cosmos. I love, you know, he wore a corduroy suit better than anybody except for James Burke. But um, the, the, the egotism that they would be able to find us and be interested in talking to us is something along the lines of us wanting to talk to ants which is weird because I'm sure there's a lot of ethnobiologists who try to talk to ants all the time. But I also have to ask about the size of the planet. How is it that the U.S. government has these things and nobody else does? What percentage of land mass is the United States? And how did these things conveniently crash near military bases and not in downtown Chicago or in China or in Russia or in or Rafti's town of uh, Vienna, Australia, right? <laughs> it just it makes absolutely zero sense. And when you have one whistleblower who didn't have a buddy standing next to him on the bed of the pickup truck or wherever the hell else he saw this thing, you know, only one person is going to come forward over 70 years. That's ridiculous. That's insane. And then Wonka is not going to leave you the chocolate factory. You are not. You, you know, know I, I tell you what, you cannot if you work for government for any length of time or work for any large organization for any length of time, you quickly realize that a conspiracy could not work, not because there aren't people with evil intent and, and malevolent action, I believe that. They, it couldn't work because every form's gotta be filled out in triplicate and every budget expense has to be justified and you have to you know, submit paperwork for re, uh, re, um, restitution, right? There, there's no way that you could have something as widespread as a conspiracy and somebody wouldn't have heard of it and the word gets out. You can't keep a secret that big for that long. It just doesn't work. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is what makes me not believing as well, but yeah. Yeah, Maybe okay. to a more oh. lighthearted topic, if that's okay with everybody. Sure. I, I just want to I wanna add one more caveat. And Joey, I don't mean to pick on you, even though you came late. I, I really come late. I hate the idea that we would attribute <laughs> developments such as Kevlar or some of the other things, you know, night vision. I hate that we'd attribute it to alien species because to me that denigrates humanity's accomplishments. We should be triumphant for the capabilities of innovation that we have. And I don't want to hand it off to little green men or any other fantasy creatures. Um, we deserve credit. Sorry, go ahead. Yes, go more lighthearted. More <laughs> okay. lighthearted. Matt, give a, oh, I, I don't know. I'm afraid of giving it to Matt. I'm not so sure it'll be lighthearted, but go ahead, Matt. Oh, no, that was mine. Go oh, ahead. that was yours. That was yours. Rafti, give us more. <laughs> okay, good. Um, going back to the camera situation. Um, this is not that current. It happened in March. But um, for anybody who has a vacuum robot, um, apparently they caught on that having cameras on them is a bad idea. So one of the biggest vacuum robot manufacturers, Roborock, um, I think they also do it as Xiaomi. Like we have a Roborock. They, they also do white labeling for many others. Their newest model, um, the S8, which of course, as I said, white labeled, maybe you know it under a different name, back in March got rid of the cameras in favor of um, basic like infrared dot grid stuff and lighter technology um, because it is less creepy. And the, I, the justification here is you don't want a camera in your home wandering around while it, you might be getting out of the shower, that kind of thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. okay. This is the only reason they have like this is or that what is what they said. Uh, people are uncomfortable with it. 
And that's the reason why the new one does not have a camera. And I like that. So capitalism worked. The 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 uh, the populist the market responded. Their, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. marketplace of ideas made a bad idea, and so therefore it got changed. Yeah. No, and I I so agree. I guess this is like I don't know why ring cameras still work, but Amazon has uh, tried often to put cameras into your home. But we are still sensitive um, about cameras, which are not in our hands. You know, everybody's mm -hmm. taking their phone everywhere, but <laughs> we're not sensitive to that. <laughs> but like uh, the camera moving around on its own, um, mm -hmm. that we don't like. And I think this is good. And I think it's good for a security perspective and everything. So I wanted to bring it up here. Happened in March, but still, I, I feel like more and more robots, uh, like robot vacuums, will move away from cameras again. And please look out if you buy. Yeah, I'm curious why they thought that a, a, a camera would be useful on a, on a vacuum in the first place, because it seems like there are so many better technologies, like you said, like the, the, the grid mapping and the infrared and stuff like that. It seems like that would be better overall than visual light camera technology would anyway. So I'm surprised that they did it in the first place, but, but maybe, you know, maybe not... it's cheaper. Probably cameras are cheaper. Uh, you don't have to admit anything. You can go with what's mm. there. And the reason why it is there is uh, like, this is only on the more fancier ones, like the, the 600 plus dollar ones um, where they like going around randomly is not even a thing with them anymore. They already have stuff like that where they go in a grid, but it's about uh, detecting if there's a sock, for instance, on the floor, something that their bumper cannot recognize, something they have mm -hmm. to sort of like see, so to speak. But as you say, like there are different options for that. And I like that they moved around, uh, like away from the cameras for that. Like option. The market missed a great opportunity here. Okay. Robot or, or vacuum robot mounted porn. <laughs> if you get like if you get like eight of the things and set them loose in a single room, they could have multiple angles that nobody else has <laughs> at ankle level. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know how you spend your sexing, but, you know, most of it's down towards the ground anyway. I, I, if they can see a sock, who knows what else they can see? The other thing I was going to say was to the to the point of Rafti saying that these are six hundred dollar robots, cleaning robots. You can hire a cleaning company for six hundred bucks, <laughs> and they'll clean your house for months for that price. <laughs> so, <laughs> and 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 they're guaranteed not to bring cameras with them. So I'm not sure why I would justify I find that justified to, to spend that much money on a on a robotic vacuum. So. I'm with you hundred percent on that one. Yeah. Um, all right, is it my my turn again? Unless Joey wants to go again. Pass. Uh, yeah, uh, Joey's passing. <laughs> uh, there's a guy in Georgia, uh, Georgia man. This comes out of Gwinnett County because everything bad comes out of Gwinnett County. Um, he's suing ChatGPT for libel, and uh, um, his his assertion is the makers of ChatGPT know that it has flawed fact production capability. That sometimes, not only does it lie, but it lies with utmost assertion and and no no doubt or qualifying. It's and very it confident in its incorrectness. Correct, yeah. And I think you guys mentioned this on the episode mm -hmm. where I was gone. Yeah. And um, the, the situation was there was a journalist who was investigating a lawsuit and asked ChatGPT to do some research. And ChatGPT came out with some facts. I'm going to put that in air quotes for those of you who can't see the video. Um, uh, some facts about this guy, the guy who's uh, filing the lawsuit against J uh, ChatGPT saying that he had engaged in all sorts of fraud and criminal behavior, even though he was not a party to the lawsuit that the journalist was researching and, in fact, had no stake in what was going on and had not done any of those things. Now, most of the legal scholars I have looked at so far, including Eugene Volok from the Volok Conspiracy, who's probably the best out there, uh, say this guy doesn't have standing simply because he'd have to prove that ChatGPT or the makers of ChatGPT had malice, which is one of the elements of libel. And he'd also have to show damages. And the journalist did not, in fact, publish what the journalist had learned from ChatGPT. So there's very, it, it's very unlikely that this guy was libeled. 
but I find this interesting and I, and I find it, um, I find it curious how much responsibility and liability will the creators of these tools have over the results of their tools? What do y'all think about that? Yeah, particularly when you get into the whole black box aspect of AI, where you cannot see how it is training itself, how it is learning, how it's, you know, you can see its inputs and you can see its outputs, but in between the two, you have no idea what connections it's making, what algorithms it's using, you know, how it's deciding on things. So, so yeah, if you have no insight into the black box that is AI, how can you be, have liability other than the fact that you just, you know, you, you created this and unleashed it on the world. But at the same time, I would, uh, that, that also leads me to think, well, I want to be able to sue Skynet when Skynet finally sends the Terminators after me. So there better be some some way to legally get some uh, some relief if if this thing goes rogue or does something. So I don't know. And, and it's funny. I think, Joey, I asked you, I'm not sure Matt was on the episode, but we were talking about, I think, I think it was entrepreneurship or something similar. And I asked you if you had insurance or if you have some kind of underwriting protection, if you make a mistake in your professional capacity, yes, you're you do. You yeah, do. we have to. Matt and I have to both carry. Yeah. There and there are the majority of our uh, clients and emissions, right? Yeah, yeah, you know. And the majority of our clients uh, require us to carry that. Yep. And does that make sense from a professional standpoint? I mean, if yeah. you're going <laughs> to give expert opinion, <laughs> right, and they're going to rely on your opinion, yep. yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they should be able to poke you back, right? Right, right. Yeah, it's protection for us because, yeah, if we do make a mistake, not that we ever do, Joey and I are, are, have a 100% track record. <laughs> You're flawless. <laughs> but in the event that one of us shows up high or drunk at work one day and we you know, recommend a four-character password that's only numbers um, and we get sued for that, yeah, we have to – yeah, you know, we have to have some kind of way to protect ourselves. Otherwise, we could lose everything—not just our businesses, but uh, you know, everything that, that that goes into making us successful professionals. So here's my big question: um, Let's take it out of the IT world for a second. Let's say an engineer is using ChatGPT like a sophisticated calculator in order to build a bridge, and the bridge collapses for whatever reason. And it turns out that some of the outputs from the ChatGPT tool contributed to this error. Should that be on the engineer for relying improperly on the tool, or should it be on the tool makers for providing a tool that's insufficient for the purpose? I think that any good lawyer would say that that is on the engineer. I think that you could probably make the argument that uh, the the chat G, the AI has some liability as well, but I think that the vast majority of it would fall on the engineer because an engineer should know better, <laughs> should know that you, exactly. you should be able to use a, a, a slide rule, um, you know, a, 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 a Texas Instruments calculator, you know, anything to to double check, verify, and I, and I have engineers as clients, and they don't do anything with a single point of uh, 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 math reference, yeah. They always double check everything. They always send it off to uh, uh, other partners, other people, you know, double check my math, all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think that that's on the engineer. I don't think that the AI has much, if any, liability. Go ahead, Rafi. As long as the AI tool used, and of course, ChatGPT, large language model, not in calculator. But if you use some machine learning tool, which is certified to do it, then I'd say it might be okay. Um, but as well, long yeah. as you, if, if you're misusing a tool, if you're misusing your dictionary for a calculator, I don't know. But, like... but, but what I'm trying to say is when these things mature and they become mm -hmm. as ubiquitous as, and what I was thinking of, honestly, when Matt said it, I was thinking of a Texas Instruments calculator. Mm -hmm. What if TI released a calculator with a flaw in the chip and on one certain numeric input, it gave the wrong output mm -hmm. and it only happened that one time and it would be almost impossible for ti to find that error because it's just that one number mm -hmm. um you know again when chat gpt and the rest of the ai technologies mature they will become ubiquitous and they will be used like calculators or whatever other similar purpose should there be at least some partial liability? And I like what Matt said. I, I I like that the primary provider, the engineer, is on the hook, but there might be some residual liability for the maker of the tool too. Yeah. In particular, I'm thinking of um, the software, the uh, Java. 
Java has in its terms of service. When you use Java, expressly it says cannot be used for aircraft control. <laughs> you know, air traffic control, controlling of any flying machine of any kind. And I always thought that was weird because that, that that statement has been in their terms of service since the 90s, since Java first came around, and it's still there to this day. And I've always wondered what what led them to put that in there. <laughs> Some <laughs> fucking foresight on the part of their attorneys. Right, said, right. You know, we don't want life critical systems on this thing. Right, it just doesn't right. make any sense. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it seems like if Java was that smart back in the 90s and, and that uh, uh, caveat has been in their software for 30 some years, that um, yeah, someone creating uh, unleashing an AI on the world would ha would would have good enough lawyers to put in similar language in their terms of service to say, okay, yeah, ChatGPT is here for, you know, for fun, for making jokes, and uh, for you know giving recipes for for beer cheese, but it's not to be used for anything where mission critical lives are on the on the line or at stake or anything like that. I like that. I like that. All right, Matt, you're up. What what do you got next? Um. Okay, do you know uh, who Robert Hansen is? I worked in the office the FBI put Hansen in in order to surveil him and catch him doing his nefarious deeds. Oh, so was there a crossover? Did, did Were you in the same place I, at the I, same time? I, I, not at the same time, no. <laughs> this was years later, and they had no idea what to do with that room because nobody wanted to work there, um, understandably so. The stink uh, so, of a spy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I came in as a contractor post 9-11, uh, and they had turned it into a training room. Okay. Um, uh, when the FBI was deploying its uh, TSSCI intel sharing network with the other intelligence agencies after 9-11, as they were tasked by Congress to do, uh, that's where the training took part. And, okay. and that's uh, that's kind of where... Where I worked in there too. Okay, cool. Uh, Rafi, any idea who Robert Hansen is? No. Nope. So uh, the, the reason I bring it up is because Robert Hansen uh, just passed away. And it's not a huge tragedy because he was an American spy. He worked for the FBI and he provided information to the Russians. And he, he didn't was, just oh. work for the FBI, he was the head of Soviet counterintelligence. <laughs> And he so, was working for the Soviets. So I knew that there were details that you would like to, to talk about because you know more about it than I do. Uh, Go watch the movie Breach. It is phenomenal. And one of the things they do is the sets look exactly like the inside FBI headquarters. Oh, it really? is. Yeah, it is. What, what year did this movie come out? Shoot. I don't know. Is it recent? Yeah. Like, I mean, like in the last 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, what? 10, ten years. I think last okay. 10 years. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Ryan Philippe is is uh, oh, yeah. plays the operative who helped take him down, and um, I'm trying to remember the name. Chris, uh, what's his name, plays Hanson flawlessly, terrifyingly, and, and just really, really good. Mm. Um, and I think Billy Ray did did the movie. I don't know if he wrote and directed it, but just a great job. Um, yeah, Hanson was a piece of work. Um, he was a former dentist. And I also think had a, a law degree before right. joining the FBI, was a Marine, um, just a fascinating cat. So he could have yeah. done anything and he, he and he went to work for the feds where, where you're making 60,000 a year. <laughs> and, and, no. and that's kind of the thing is, is a lot of people say it was just his ego that he was doing this for the Zots. That, you know, most of the money that he earned from being a, a double agent was stuck under his floorboards, literally. And, you know, he wasn't spending it lavishly. Hmm. Um, he was just doing it to prove how smart he was, how better he was than everybody out to catch him. And he wasn't um, particularly good at it either. <laughs> because uh, the quote was, when they finally caught him, he looked over to them and said, what took you all so long? <laughs> And it wasn't exactly when they caught. They did that in the movie too. They changed the time when he said it, but but that is one of the questions. Yeah, um, and the only reason he was ostensibly caught was because a Russian defector after the Soviet Union collapsed, an ex KGB guy brought a whole bunch of files over and said, "Here, would you like these files for a few million bucks in a house in Montana?" And the U.S. government said, "Sure." And in there, it became quickly apparent that we had had a couple of moles for many, many years, Aldrich Ames and Richard Hansen and a bunch of others. Mm -hmm. um, do you know how he died 
he's in Supermax, right, in Colorado? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in prison. So uh, uh, I know that he was in his late 70s, maybe early 80s. So it, it, it's just as likely that it was natural causes as it was, um, you know, the prison dentist just pulled the wrong tooth or something. So I don't know. I, 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 I don't really particularly want for him to have died a, a painful, long, agonizing death. But I also don't really care a lot about how he died, just the fact that he's dead. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you. He evidently he was responsible at least for the direct deaths uh, of six uh, operatives working in the Soviet Union. Um, so yeah, he he was a piece of shit. There, there's no doubt about that. However, one of the things I don't like is that um, he was pretty much the exclusive property of the Department of Justice for the last 20 years of his life, and. I think there could have been so much more we could have learned from him. And I understand that they're saying that the threat of him communicating publicly is too great, that he may have caused more damage. On the other hand, these are the people that he fooled for 20 years. And I don't think we should trust them to sweep their dirty little secrets under the rug. I would have much rather we studied him and had independent objective parties be able to study him and interact with him. Um, so I, I, I see that as kind of a loss myself. Same thing with Dahmer or anyone else who dies in prison very quickly. Um, I think for all the evil that they've committed, if we study them, we can get more benefit from what they've done than if they have some ignominious end behind bars. Mm, Epstein. <laughs> oh, golly. You, you really want this podcast removed from all the major platforms, don't you? I'm working on getting us canceled. <laughs> and, and Joey had to leave early, but you wanted a conspiracy theory. Uh, yeah. Rafti, now that you kind of know a little bit about Mr. Hansen, um, uh, do you have any thoughts on the matter of his passing? I, no. okay. I, I wrote down the movie. I will maybe watch it. Um but my list of movies. So it's Breach, apparently, um, and I will look it up afterwards. Yes, and um, after you do, you may want to go listen to the episode Robin and I did. I think we did a media review of it. Oh, and maybe have listened to it, even though I did not watch the movie. Well, there you go. See, now, now if you don't remember <laughs> the spoilers, you... hey, at the end, they catch him. So, you know. Like, oh, really? The end yeah. And 20 years later, he dies. Oh, no, yeah. no, I don't uh, have to watch impressive. the movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well. Um, I think we got time for another one. Go ahead, Rafti. You got another one at all? No. no? All right, Matt, there was one on the list that you had included that I had not heard of. And, oh, I think I know this, yes. Go ahead. Tell, tell us about the plane. Yeah, so... Um, a uh, Cessna Citation private jet uh, took off from, I believe, some, an airport in Tennessee uh, just recently, uh, climbed up to altitude. And, of course, being a private jet, it can climb up pretty high in altitude, uh, above 30,000 feet, I believe, uh, which is where you have to have a pressurized cabin. You have to have supplemental oxygen, all that type of stuff. Because of that altitude, there's not enough oxygen to breathe. And uh, these smaller planes have systems in place to ensure that you can still remain conscious and breathing when you're at the, those altitudes. That, obviously, if you're in an, an airliner, it's already got all those systems in place as well. Well, in this particular airplane, apparently, and we don't have all the details yet, uh, the systems that keep the cabin full of oxygen so you can breathe and stay alive failed. And the plane uh, apparently had passengers and crew that all died while the plane was in transit. Now, knowing uh, private jets and most airplanes, uh, you probably know that they all, almost all have autopilots. So you set in your waypoints, you set in your destination. Plane, you know, once it's taken off, when it's at cruising altitude, it pretty much flies itself to where it's going to go, which means that everyone on the plane can die and the plane keeps on trucking like it's going to where it's going to go. And that uh, apparently is what has happened with this. The reason it became um, interesting, though, is because the plane apparently flew within one mile of the White House in Washington, D.C. Um, F-16s from Andrews Air Force Base and from one of the other Air Force bases uh, were uh, launched to intercept it. Interestingly, after it had already passed the the White House, <laughs> so they did not get to it before it hit the White uh, before it got to the White House, and and I say that uh, got to the White House. It was thirty thousand feet above the White House. It wasn't in any danger of hitting anything in Washington D.C. 
uh, but the plane being on autopilot had turned itself around, uh, was flying back to the, the last waypoint because uh, it hadn't been told to do anything different. F-16s were scrambled and to catch up with the airplane uh, were authorized to go supersonic, which is exceedingly rare. And as I understand it, over the contiguous United States, over civilian population has only been authorized one other time in the history of the United States, and that was on 9-11. So F-16s went supersonic, created a sonic boom. Uh, lots of people's home cameras, home videos, and stuff like that caught the sonic boom because it was pretty pretty loud and pretty scary. Uh, F-16s caught up with the airplane, uh, determined they couldn't see anybody in it, uh, no pilots, nobody, you know, no radio communications, no uh, rocking the wings, uh, nothing. And the plane eventually ran out of fuel and crashed somewhere in Virginia. So that was the, uh, the, the story. The, the thing that a lot of people latched onto was the sonic booms because it's an extremely unusual thing to hear in the United States. Um, but uh, it's also uh, a, a tragedy because uh, you know, a plane was lost and everybody apparently died. And we, we should know more as they uh, uh, do their investigations and all that kind of stuff. But it was, it was interesting and also in that it got really close to the White House, uh, the center of Washington, D.C., and now this is not the first time this has happened. Yeah, I remember this happened with the the pro golf person, Payne Stewart. Uh, yes, thank Late you. Nineteen nineties, uh, similar situation. Yeah, his airplane went up to altitude. Uh, oxygen systems failed. Everybody on board died. Airplane circled on autopilot until it ran out of gas. Yep, same situation. But that was uh, uh, over the mid like North Dakota or something, yeah, right? Yeah. It was in the middle of nowhere. If I far remember. away from everything except for, you know, our nuclear silos, but it was probably still pretty far away from them too. And, and the thing I remember about that one, it was also intercepted by military aircraft and they also, they, they were able to see frost on the inside of the window. So they yeah. knew that the, the depressurization had occurred. Yeah. yeah. Um, so everybody was long dead before they ever hit the ground. Right. Uh, I, I have to ask you, you are a pilot and you know a hell of a lot more about this stuff than I do. Why is there not a little oxygen sensor somewhere in the, in the cabin and in the flight deck that starts <laughs> screaming when, when you don't have, you know, Hey, it's hypoxic. You know, why don't they carry a little canary and put it on the dashboard? <laughs> Well, yeah, and as you know, on like airliners, uh, if you get into a Boeing or an Airbus, it's already got all those oxygen things that, that are automatically triggered if a depressurization thing occurs. Yeah, the masks fall out of the ceiling. Um, yeah, those kinds of warnings come on. The pilots have their own separate oxygen uh, thing. Uh, smaller planes, uh, I, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a jet pilot, and I, I'm not familiar with the way that all of their systems work. They're complex. They're jet-engined, obviously, multi-engine, retractable landing gear. I'm uh, I, I fly bug smashers, <laughs> yeah, little propeller driven planes. That, that this is me. This is me, <laughs> and maybe I'm the, I'm unique in this. But if I have twenty million to spend on a private jet, I'm gonna ask the vendor <laughs> at some point. Hey, what happens if there's no oxygen inside? <laughs> That's just one of the few things I want to know about. You know, yeah. I. I, I want to know about the drink trays. I want to know about the carpeting. And I want to know if there's a fucking oxygen sensor somewhere in the cabin. Right, right. And unfortunately, one of the side effects of hypoxia, which is the lack of oxygen, is that you you lose your ability to make good decisions. And so even if you become hypoxic, you wouldn't necessarily be of the sound mind to think, oh, I need to put my mask on to save myself. Were you at That's the academy long enough to go into the altitude chamber? No, I didn't do that. I, I, I was. I was. And what they do is they they take you up to a simulated 30,000 feet. They give you a, a questionnaire and a pencil, and they tell you to <laughs> they tell you to take your mask off and start writing. Uh-huh. And the whole point of the exercise is to recognize the effects of hypoxia. And the minute you start to feel it, you can put the mask on and flap, you know, hit the switch and go straight to 100% oxygen. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really fun. It's like being super drunk, but, yep. you know, no hangover. Yeah, you can um, find videos of, of this type of stuff on YouTube, uh, people, you know, going into hypoxia chambers. And, and yeah, they, they, but, but to your point, I think, yeah, you don't recognize that it's happening. Oh, you yeah, you do. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, you do. And and the and the pilots certainly should have because I would imagine that as jet pilots they they've gone to an altitude chamber too. I I'm I'm just shocked that there aren't fail safe after fail safe after fail safe in place to prevent this from occurring. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know.
But uh, yeah, anyways, uh, four F-16 pilots um, got some airtime and got to go supersonic. <laughs> so I guess there's that. <laughs> you know. But on that point, just to reiterate, because you're saying this, a good reminder, because I like I think people don't get reminded of that that often. I mean, every time you fly, you hear it, like if you pay attention, but put the mask on first and then... Or and the then, others. Yeah, your children like, or your... Or yeah, your exactly. children are disposable. You can make more children. <laughs> <laughs> but put uh, it on first. Good yeah. security advice. And to that point, uh, just to get off of this really quickly, uh, I did listen to your all's uh, episode last week when I was on vacation. And one of the things I wanted to bring up was you all talked about uh, Apple AirTags. And we do actually have air tags in our household, and we did use them while we were on vacation uh, for our, our nine-year-old daughter. Um, she wore a wristband that had an air tag on it. Oh, and I thought you were going to say you made her swallow it like we suggested. I We tried. Um, it got caught. I had to do the Heimlich, but we retrieved it and then put it in. <laughs> Very good. Very good. The other thing, super glue on the bottom of the foot. I'm telling yeah. you, it's going to be the trend of the future. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's but, really uh, cool. Did, were you, did you test it a few times yes. just to see how well it worked? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, and how close did you geolocate her? Oh, within within feet, within you know three or four wow. feet. Yeah, it's it's, awesome. it's very precise. Yeah, that's really cool. So the the only thing about the AirTag is uh, it does require because it has it's, it's passive. It does require another Apple device to be in proximity to be able to pick up the signal on it. So so if you go into the woods or something where there's no other phones or anything, then yeah, it falls off the the map. But but in crowded areas and airports, um, touristy areas, yeah, it's very accurate because there's 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 a million iPhones in the in the neighborhood. So. Um, yeah, because it cool. doesn't have to be your iPhone, any right. iPhone. Any iPhone. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Any iPhone. And uh, to that point, also, um, not that I think that it's necessarily pertinent to this uh, episode, but uh, did want to bring up we did have a physical security incident while we were on vacation. Uh, law enforcement got involved. <laughs> I mentioned this a little bit to, to Ben. I, Rafi, I know this is all new to you. But uh, uh, yeah, we had uh, actually to call the sheriff of Okaloosa County to come out to our condo because we had another family threatening our nine-year-old daughter wanting to quote unquote, kick her ass. <laughs> see, see, now I, I already have a mental image of what the sheriff of Okaloosa County yeah. looks like. And, and it's informed by Hollywood, but um, I, I gotta ask a couple of things here. First of all, uh if you if you feel comfortable divulging it what was the instigating incident and second of all was the sheriff less like the hollywood image i have and a <laughs> bit more professional or what okay well I'll, I'll start off by saying uh the the okaloosa county sheriff's office 911 uh the uh security office of the condo that we were staying at they were all very courteous very professional took us very seriously and handled it with the utmost of care um, and, uh, the, the, the situation got handled. So yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't, a, you know, uh, a boss hog or Roscoe P Coltrane, you know, <laughs> outstanding. That's what I like to hear. Shout out to Okaloosa County. Way to go. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, the incident started, it was just kids playing, uh, in the pool. Uh, our nine-year-old daughter was playing in the pool with some other kids. Um, and something, uh, something triggered an escalation. Um, and, uh, my daughter got punched in the shoulder. And another parent saw the incident happen and accused my daughter of doing the punching in the shoulder. Uh, the parents of the other kid got involved. And um, you, you know what World Star hip, hip Hop is? Have you ever heard, heard of World Star, Ben? I've heard, I've heard the term. What, what is it? Though? World Star is uh, one of these uh, video aggregation sites where people film each other fighting or doing stupid things or stuff like that. And, you know. Like uh, an E-bombs world kind of thing? Yeah, we and, and they usually shout something like, you know, world star in the video or something like that. Yeah, this was one of those instances that escalated very quickly and we thought was going to be on world star. <laughs> <laughs> because it turned into their family filming us and our family filming them, uh, getting back to the security stuff of cameras and all that kind of stuff. Uh, anyways. Yeah, uh, yeah, we 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 were we were concerned for the physical security of our daughter for for a period of time, but we got it all all straightened out. You know, I gotta say, this is one of the things that I can only imagine as a parent. If you feel like your child's being attacked, you're going to react in the most severe way possible, and it is right. going to be emotional, and your judgment is going to be compromised. So, right. Um, right. Especially yeah. if alcohol's involved, which I imagined on vacation in Florida also was. <laughs> 
yeah, not on our part, possibly on the other part, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. But yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting situation. Never been in a situation like that before, where but nobody was actually harmed, uh, other than the bruise on my daughter's shoulder and some splashed water and some yelling. Uh, yeah, there was no, it, it didn't escalate beyond that. Yes, outstanding. The skin was not broken. How did your daughter yeah. take it? Is she is she? Uh, Is he having bad dreams of Florida now? I think <laughs> it happened on Memorial Day. It happened on like, you know, the, basically the busiest day, you know, everybody's out at the pool and stuff like that. So uh, we had some more time. And uh, once we got things calmed down, um, uh, she enjoyed the vacation. I think that she has some anxiety and stuff, but I think that it's uh, it's, it's, it's gotten washed away now. So, uh, yeah, hopefully it's all OK now. Good, good. That's the best outcome you can imagine and yeah. hope for. Yeah, yeah. very yeah. good. Very good. Rafty, you see what you have to look forward to in eight and a half years? <laughs> yeah, not look, not looking forward to it. So avoid so, Florida for me for, yeah. for that time period. <laughs> Just cross that off the list. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, I that's America's, that's America's penis. Yeah. You, can, you can do without it. <laughs> I always love the old Bugs Bunny cartoon where he's got the saw and he, and he saws off the state of Florida and it floats away into the Caribbean Sea. <laughs> Um, yep. Nothing against uh, Florida. I know that we have some listeners from Florida. Uh, uh, love your state for the most part, but man, whew, we had some we had some some encounters. So, well, I'm glad it turned out the way it did, uh, and I and I'm glad that uh, all the security personnel involved did what they were supposed to do. Yeah, excellent, yeah. excellent. Yep. Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, all right. Well, I think that makes an episode. Uh, I want to thank you, gentlemen, for bringing up some very good current events. Sure. Um, great discussion. We want to thank Joey for his uh, brief foray into joining us. Until uh, uh, next time, I'm Ben Maliso. And I'm Matt Snotty. And I'm Raphael Fiedler. Join us again next week for another episode of The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec. Hey there, listener. Matt here. If you like listening to Ben, Robin, Rofty, Joey, or myself, please consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com slash securitized. Interested in training for CISSP, CCSP, CISM, SSCP, CCSK, boy, that's a lot of letters, or other InfoSec certifications, go to Ben's website for all his training programs at wannabeacissp.com. That's spelled W-A-N-N-A-B-E-A cissp.com we are on discord engage with us by searching for the channel wannabea cissp feedback or questions on what we discuss send a good old-fashioned email to ben at benmaliso.com you may hear a shout out or your feedback on a future show we're all working professionals in the infosec industry so feel free to link up with us on linkedin Support Rofty's company and test drive their free firewall software called Portmaster, downloadable at their website, safing.io, spelled S-A-F-I-N-G dot I-O. Support Joey's company, Blue Edge Networks, at blueedgenetworks.com, and listen to Joey's podcast called Topic of Choice at topicofchoice.com. Join us on Reddit at slash r slash ssoi underscore fans. All opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and for entertainment purposes only. They do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our companies, affiliates, employers, guests, or even each other. No advice given here should be followed without consulting with a professional for any specific InfoSec situation you may experience.